When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is Wheel Bearings. I'm Dan Roth. And I'm Sam Abul Samad. And I'm Rebecca Linland from Rebecca Drives. And Rebecca's the only one who remembered to tell. <laughs> That's okay. And I'm from Navigant Research. <laughs> yeah. And I'm from everywhere. I have all the rules. <laughs> <laughs> We're all made of stars. Uh, <laughs> so let's jump right in it's to. Full of stars. Right. Uh, this is an all star podcast. Uh, Let's jump right into what we're driving. Um, so, Rebecca, last week uh, you talked about, um, I think we caught up almost entirely on your garage, but we, we left out one. Well, it was the Audi Q3. Yes. So that was actually a media launch that I went on. I haven't had it in my oh. garage yet. Uh, but this was a program that they did in Nashville, not to be confused with the Nissan Versa program that sam and i did in nashville uh, at the, the same hotel at the same hotel it was, was it at the same time stop. no it was uh audi was the week before so i think i got home on friday from nashville and went back on monday and i would have stayed the weekend had i not had family responsibilities because of course it's nashville which is really great so they have that cool blow knox uh transmitter tower one of the very few left it's shaped like a diamond Anyway, carry on. I believe you. <laughs> yeah. They have a lot of cool things. They have a lot People of- just smile and nod when I say stuff. Because <laughs> um, they have no idea I'd, what you're talking about when you right, talk I, about stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very cool broadcast tower, and I'll leave it at that. I'll share a link in Slack if you really are morbidly interested. Um, but I didn't realize there was a, a media launch, but I mean, let's we're, we're launched, right? So let's just launch right into it. How is the Q3? So I really, really liked this vehicle. I And people that know me know that I do have a penchant for liking German vehicles. I've owned a lot of German vehicles. I just like the way that they drive. I haven't always been a biggest Audi fan, but they are definitely growing on me. And this Q3, I just, not only is the styling, so this is the new 2019, the styling is so great on it. It's got these nice big chunky wheels. It has this fun, expressive front, but it's, but it has a refinement to it that so many cars miss out when they go for this expressive design. And I feel like Audi did that that once over that one more time let's pull back just a little bit and and add that elegance to it and i think that that's what they did i i love the fact i love the size of this car 
one of the most, in my mind, one of the most underserved populations is smaller households, single women, single guys, people without children. So many marketing, uh, so much marketing is, is directed towards families. And this is not necessarily a family car. It's, you can definitely fit a kid in it. You, know, you can fit four people very comfortably. You can fit five very good friends. Um, the, the third row, you know, the second row is a little squeezed, squeezed in there. But what I loved about it is that as I was driving it around, I felt comfortable having one other person in it or not having anybody. But if I was in it just by myself, I wouldn't feel superfluous. I wouldn't feel like I'm driving this big, huge thing around. And why do I have all these extra seats? So it has a really small, nimble feel and look to it. And it was just a lot of fun. You know, I was on sort of a lifestyle influencer wave uh, of the drive. So there were some traditional journalists on, uh, but there were also non-traditional. And so we did things like going to different shops. And so they took us to uh, this one store called Able that specializes in fair wage fashion. And so they they make a very con- concentrated effort to make sure that the people that manufacture their goods in different parts of the world are well paid and, and, and paid appropriately. And so we went there. We went to another place and we made donuts which was awesome. <laughs> Five daughters you bakery. Guys, you flip them, right? <laughs> well, we actually, they, the donuts itself were made and then we got to decorate them like in oh. the way that the donuts were supposed to be decorated in the shop. It, it was called it's Five totally Daughters. Cheating. I mean, that's cool, but it's cheating. Got to make the donuts. <laughs> <laughs> Time to make the donuts. These were like those, they were sort of like a croissant donut. So it had what I was but told. you're not allowed to call them that other name because exactly. that's copyrighted or Exactly. Right. So, oh, but they, so these aren't just yeast donuts. No. These are like, okay. They had pastry donuts. I was told right. that they had 144 layers of like flakiness, all stuffed right. in there. They're the kind of donut that you can't eat in one sitting. Like even my nephew, Jake could not eat the ones that I brought home. You have to cut them in half and you have to dole them out because they're so rich, but they were fabulous. <laughs> So we went to some of these different places and, you know, driving in Nashville, driving on the highway, it didn't really matter. It was the car was just really, really fun. You know, the the typical tight German steering and suspension, a really quiet interior. They did this fabulous. The dashboard has um, in the in what's called the orange interior package has Alcantara suede on the dashboard. I have no idea how long this will last, but it looks great coming off the lot. <laughs> you know, as long as no one touches it, it'll be exactly. fine. Alcantara, so Alcantara is a synthetic, though, so it should it is. It should hold up pretty well. I think it will. I think it will. So the one, so the the ones that we the, the vehicle starts at thirty four seven, and then it you know obviously. It climbs up from there. I uh, I have to think about how much it, I'll, I'll look how much it, it totally it tops out. Definitely doesn't have Alcantara the, for thirty four seven. The, the S no, line is forty two nine. I'm sorry. The S line model is forty. Uh, the the Quattro uh, S line is is forty two nine. Yeah, so that starts at thirty six. That, oh, that's the Prestige. Sorry. Right. The, n- n- none of these prices seem outrageous when you consider that this is going to compete directly with the what the x1 and the x2 right 
No, right, and exactly. Those get a lot more expensive. They they get a lot more expensive very very quickly. So I just I thought that they did a lot of really nice things with this vehicle. Uh, again, it looks really really sharp. Um, it has, of course, it has quattro all wheel drive to it. Yeah, so the Prestige is around forty three, but there's not a lot you can add to that. Then, you know, it's it's really. It's really well, well stocked. So I just thought they did a really, really nice job with this. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with the marketing and the advertising of this. Uh, and this, this, I have to say, this is definitely one of those vehicles that I could, I could definitely consider taking home with me. How I like would you it compare it against your Encore? Oh, well, it's bigger. First of all, for sure. It's definitely peppier, you know, more powerful. Uh, I mean, I think that I think that the Encore is a little bit of it has such a nice interior. Like it's just it's sort of an anomaly in some ways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a GM car with a good interior. I know. Right. I mean, the, you know, the the Audi is clearly is clearly luxury. Uh, unquestionably luxurious uh it the the we had you know we tried out the adaptive cruise control which which worked really well i like the i love i like the virtual cockpit in audi i think it's really cool to have the 3d so i you know it obviously has apple carplay and android auto and all that good stuff and so i just i was i'm a big fan I, i really enjoyed it a lot you know, one of the things that Audi has managed to do, just sort of looking at the new, uh, the pictures of the new model, is it still looks like a Q3. You know, it looks like the car we already know. Right. But it's crisper. It's sharper. It's So they've evolved it without without adding too many extra lines and nonsense what? to the right. design, which everybody seems to be doing. Just There's just a lot of nonsense styling lines that don't go anywhere. Exactly. (laughs) And and that's, and that's what I was saying about, about they've, there's a restraint and an elegance to it that is enviable. And that more, I feel like more people need, need to do because I think that they did a really, really nice job with that. And that's the thing is that, you know, even when we were talking about the Corvette a little bit, you know, that idea, it just is a little too over the top in some cases. I think that Audi continues to display uh, that balance between expressiveness, you know, distinction on the road. There's nothing that looks quite like an Audi. They still have that unmistakable look to them. And but they've but they've also modernized it. You know, this is this is wider and taller and longer than the previous edition. So they continue to to move the needle, uh, but they do it in such a way that it stay it's still staying true to the brand. I like to. I, I'm I'm looking right now at the orange interior package. Oh, I love that. Um, <laughs> but I like that they don't have that tacked on screen. That everybody has. Yes. You know, the screen is integrated into the instrument panel better. Yep. Yes. And I I know, Sam, it's more of a look away from the road, but it just looks better. (laughs) It does. It does. So the one that I drove was about 45,000, which, again, I think is I don't think that's outrageous for what you're getting. It's that's the S line Quattro. You know, I think that's 
and, and it looks great. I just, I loved it. I thought it was, it was fantastic. I'm having a harder and harder time justifying in my mind the prices of new vehicles. You know? Yeah, but this is a luxury. I mean, this is going to, and the interior is so sharp, and it's it's this is this is a luxury vehicle. It's going to be leased and then leased and then sold as CPO. <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're right. It it almost certainly you know, the majority of them will be leased instead of bought. Um, and then sold off as, as CPOs, but uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm sure it's, it's lovely. I mean, it certainly looks, it looks good. <laughs> I, I do. I, now that I, uh, I, I do remember some of the auto journalists tweeting about the lifestyle folks that were also on this launch and it's, it was rather hilarious. <laughs> there was some, uh, some confusing wardrobe, uh, not, misunderstandings it's just like some of the auto guys were, were were not all that sophisticated when it comes to haberdashery <laughs> <laughs> and so there was quite a lot of of sort of like there's influencers on this uh this wave and there there are there are those that are stylish and then there yeah. are auto journalists right let's describe what they're wearing and it's just like i, I all right <laughs> It's awfully flashy to be okay. Although to to be fair, there are some very well dressed auto journalists. There are. There, I mean, David E. Davis always always was was well put together. For oh his, yeah, uh, you know. But um, I, I aspire to be one of those auto journalists who just uh, looks like I could be the help, the janitor. <laughs> <laughs> the, like, well, so. Sam and I are going to get into this a little bit, um, and so maybe I'll, I'll wait. But uh, out, after I got home, Audi sent me a package with some gifts in it from the different retail locations that we went to. And one of the one of the notes in it from the Audi team was that this car, the Q3, is really designed to fuel your hustle, which I <laughs> fuel your hustle. Okay, I, but listen. Cool story, bro. But I thought it was a clever, it's a clever tagline. I think it's, it's appropriate. I, I, I like it because the Nissan Versa, which we are going to talk to in a minute. Should I say it or not, Sam? Uh, hold, save it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Audi, I don't know how far Audi's going to take the fuel your hustle uh, oh, please, line. Dear but God. I'll just leave that there. I'm going to leave that hanging right there. <laughs> That, that offends my copywriting sensibilities. Oh, it's just like that. That sounds like they got a, a bunch of people around a table and didn't let them out until they had the lowest common denominator. Well, well you have, they, they didn't get you quite have, to the lowest common denominator. Yeah, they, they didn't quite get there because we'll, we'll you come have, to that one. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, in the meantime, uh, so we, we talked about the, the Q3 and now we can talk about what's in our garages. Uh, Sam, you were driving the large and in charge Ram 1500 Laramie, which is quite a luxurious, uh, vehicle that also costs quite a bit of money, but it's, it's, I love that truck. It's so nice. I, I would move in. It's big enough and it's, it's pretty much nicer. (laughs) Yeah. It's got better carpet than my living room (laughs) quite a bit. (laughs) Yeah, no, the, uh, I've got the, the 2019 Ram 1500 Laramie, as you said, uh, crew cab. Uh, with the uh, the 5.7 liter Hemi with e-torque, 
Um, and you know, I, I would say without a doubt, you know, the, the Ram 1500 is the best, um, the best overall light duty full-size pickup truck on the market today. I mean, you know, there, there is, you know, I, I don't think there's anything as good as this one. You know, there, there may be others that, you know, may beat it by some amount and towing capability or payload. Um, but overall as a truck to live with, you know, the, the Ram is just, it's fantastic. And, you know, what you were saying, Rebecca, about, you know, the, or maybe it was Dan about the lines on the Q3, you know, and kind of holding back and not overstyling it. Um, you know, I think this is, you know, as, as big trucks go, this is one of the best designs I think I've ever seen on a big truck. You know, it's, it's a really handsome looking truck. And the one I've got, you know, is the, the black. So it's got the black grill and, um, you know, black tinted windows and, you know, black bot and black sheet metal and, you know, everything's black except for, um, some, um, polished, you know, polished, uh, surfaces on the wheels, you know, to, to give just a little bit of contrast and it's, you know, it really looks good. Uh, and this one also has the new split tailgate, which, you know, opens up, you know, hinges down like a standard tailgate. Uh, but it's also split about uh, 70, 30 horizontally. So you can open up the, the left side, which has about 70% of the width, you know, open that up to the side. It's hinged on the side. Uh, open up the right side, which is the other 30%. So it's hinged on the op on the, the right side, uh, you know, and then you can close one side and leave one side open. So, you, you know, if you've got to carry some, you know, some long two by fours, uh, and you don't want to have the whole tailgate open. You can just have it, you know, hanging out the back of one side. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a, you know, it, it's really handy in that respect. You know, it's got a nice uh, pull down step, you know, uh, on the back of the, underneath the bumper, the rear bumper, you know, so you can get up into the truck, into the bed if you need to. This one doesn't have the, the Ram box, which is also, I think, a, you know, a particularly useful uh, option. Uh, especially if you carry tools and stuff like that, they're the Ram boxes are, are lockable storage bins that, you know, are on the top of the, the sides of the bed on either side. Um, and, you know, very handy for carrying tools in the, the cabin in this thing, you know, this one has the, the big 12 inch portrait display touchscreen, which, um, you know, while it looks quite spectacular, especially in a truck, um, Overall works okay. <laughs> the you can split it uh, vertically and have you know the top half can be like essentially the standard UConnect interface, and then the bottom half would be uh, you can switch out different cards and you know depending on what you need you can have the the climate controls you can have seat controls you know I think there's three or four other things you can choose in there. Um, personally, I would not go for this. I mean, it looks great, but it, you know, it's not something I would choose. I mean, you know how I feel about touchscreens <laughs> in general. What's the alternative? And, well, you can get it with the standard eight and a half inch, uh, you connect touchscreen. So you still have the, the same interface on the top half, but then you get physical controls for the climate control, which I think are, are much better. So, you know, for, for the fancy people, you can have the big screen, but I, I would, <laughs> opt for the standard screen. You know, I think it's, I think it's more functional by having the physical climate controls there. Um, 
This thing does have lots of USB port, USB-C ports and USB-A ports. So you can plug in whatever devices you want. Uh, it's got a, a wireless charging pad in there, which, by the way, uh, is labeled with the name Ram Charger in it. So bringing back a classic uh, Dodge name. But it, Cute. Yeah. Does it does it rust out? Does it have a 360 ah! that has a leaky passenger uh, I, I side exhaust? I don't think so because uh, it's you know it's a plastic surface, so I don't think it's going to rust on you. Uh, it's uh, not a Ram Charger. That's that's true. <laughs> do you, you can't just, take you can't take the top off of it. So yeah. I I just want to clarify. Do you have the Laramie or the Laramie Longhorn? It's just the Laramie, not the Longhorn. Okay. Okay. So, so sure. this one is a mere $68,000. <laughs> what was that you were saying about the price of vehicles? Uh, exactly. <laughs> you wow. Know. And when you, you consider like this is a, you can't put a plow. I mean, you can, but they really don't recommend you put a plow on these. No, not not on the Laramie. Uh, I mean, you can you can get the work. You can get a work truck version. You, know, you can get a, a lower end version, you know, that's that's well suited for plowing if you need that. So why I, I, I will ask, cause I don't know why can't you plow with this? Uh, plows are heavy and the front springs tend not to like it. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and this one has the, the four corner air spring suspension. Okay. So you can raise it up and lower it down, which is, which is pretty cool. Uh, right. you know, on the highway, it automatically lowers down for, for reduced drag. Uh, and then you can raise it up when you need more ground clearance. But I, I don't think you're supposed to use a plow with the air springs. I think if you okay. want, if you want to use a plow, you have to get the steel spring version. Uh, yeah. Okay. And okay. and FCA really, really wants you to buy the heavy duty truck if you're going to do anything other than commute. <laughs> right. Well, and you know what? I'm glad that you brought up the split tailgate because I thought that was really, really cool. They showed that at Chicago mm -hmm. and I actually demonstrated it on TV for them. <laughs> so, it, you know, that's a big, yes. I was going to ask in the land of fancy tailgates now, how does this compare to, you know, the the what is it? The GMC Pro tailgate yeah, the, or whatever. And every, yeah. everybody I seems to have prefer them. that one. Oh, do you? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, yeah. the GMC tailgate definitely has, you know, more possible combinations and permutations. I think there's like six different ways you can you can configure it. Right. Um you know, it's it's def the the GMC is definitely the Swiss Army knife of pickup truck tailgates. Yeah, it's but, incredible. But, you know, this thing looks a lot better and it also rides and handles a lot better than any other truck on the road. Well, so, so I'll, well, so I'll tell you the reason that they had me do the little TV thing was because I had uh, I'll have to look back at my notes. I had a Ram 1500. I don't I don't remember which trim it was um, in back in December and I, the, the, the tailgate, the standard tailgate in even today is uh, on the Ram 1500. It's just the fold down. And the only step up is the license plate. Like the, the, the oh, indent where the license plate no, is. Yes. There's this, this one actually has a, a little step. That right. you can pull down that's underneath the corner of the bumper. Right. That's the split one. But the standard tailgate for for with if you if you don't go for the split, there is no additional way to get to access the bed except through the license plate indent. Oh, okay. And the fifty and the, the heavy duty version does not yet offer the split 
tailgate either. And so when I had it in December that didn't have the split was not not out yet. If I wanted to get into the bed, I had to go. The only way I could get into it, and even then it was really hard, was to go through the tailgate, the, the license plate indent. There's no other way. It was so archaic. It was shocking to me. So then when I saw it at the Chicago show that they did the split, it was much more user-friendly. And, and you know, I said something about a smaller female, and they said, well, to be truthful, it's it's everybody needs these kinds of things because people are getting older. Also, they were finding a lot of feedback from their clientele saying, you know, I'm not a kid anymore, and this thing is... Yeah, it's well, you know really hard. Th- those are the people who can afford a seventy thousand dollars fifteen hundred pickup. <laughs> exactly. So um, I didn't mean to to uh, hijack your conversation, Sam. So go on with about it. But well, you know, you can uh, you know the 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 new generation RAM is available uh, in in two configurations only. You've got the the quad cab, which is the the shorter crew cab version, and then there's the the, the crew cab. Which is just you know the back seat in this thing is just enormous. It's like a limo back there. I mean, the <laughs> amount of legroom you have is just insane. Uh, but you can't you can't actually get a standard cab version of this of this new generation Ram um, because they're what they're actually doing is is FCA is still selling the what they call the Ram fifteen hundred classic, which is the old generation Ram, which uh, you can get as a as a double cab or the uh the standard cab and you know the the new one actually starts at like thirty three thousand dollars i think for the the new generation rams and then um yeah thirty three thousand and then the if you know if you want something more affordable especially as a work truck if you know if what you're looking for is a work truck the uh the ram classic is the the one to go for because you can get that starting at just twenty seven thousand which is Closer in price to the, uh, the the base prices of the the GM and the Ford pickup trucks. So I was told that they're still selling about a third of their sales are coming from the classic. Yeah, and in fact, uh, there was just a report today that they're going to continue selling the classic for at least another year, um, and and maybe wow. longer. Wow, got to keep yeah. those lines running. Yeah. Also, um, but what it helps them do as well is is keep the average transaction price of that newer truck higher. Which is yes. something they can brag about, and yeah, and they still you can't, have. You can't get a you can't get a you know a base level version of the new truck. You get, you can get a tradesman uh, trim level in the new truck, but you know only as a double cab, uh, you know that starts at thirty three thousand. I I have to admit I didn't really have that much of a problem with the old truck. Yeah, I mean <laughs> the know? old truck was was still a damn good truck. You know it it has it's the only full-size truck with coil spring suspension front and rear and you know definitely has better better ride quality than anything else out there and it still had a better interior yeah and and it's better looking it's gorgeous yeah so this this new one is definitely a winner you know as long as you can afford it yeah (laughs) but you know what when i went when i saw them in new york i when they unveiled the heavy duty version they said you know if if you're pulling a a three hundred thousand dollar trailer, you don't want to have a fifty thousand dollar truck. You want a ninety thousand dollar truck, and that's what that's who they're selling to, 
are people that are that are trailering even more expensive it toys. Seems exceptionally fiscally irresponsible to me, but <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> I've, I I I guess I I think it's true. Trucks are also you know they're they're a status thing, right? Uh, they are. I mean, if you're if you're if you're if you're, if you're pulling up to you know it's it's stereotypical but if you're pulling up and you're you're hauling your horses to a a, a rodeo or to a you know to a show to, to dressage yeah to dressage i, I mean you're not going to show up in a beater you know you want to show up you're 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 and especially if you're driving you want something that's comfortable you yeah, know and, you know and it's funny you know my wife and i went to the lake yesterday and you know this this lake that we that we go to in the summertime. It's on a farm uh, north of town, and uh, you know when you go in there, the you know the, the farmer, his wife, you know they're you know they're they're checking people in as you, as you come in. It's it's a private club basically on on this this little lake on a farm, and you know she the Betty you know the the wife you know was was there. She always asked me about what I'm driving that week, and you know I told her you know this is the new Ram fifteen hundred. And uh, she's looking at it, you know, giving it the, the once over. And, um, you know, she says, uh, so how much is this thing? And I told her and, and you know, she said, yeah, yeah, definitely not a farm truck, huh? I said, well, <laughs> this, this is this is for the the, the chief, you know, the, the head, you know, the, the owner of the big ranch, you know, not for just your average farmer. Right. It's for it's a exactly. man. It's, it's it's management management. Drives. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is but this is the buyer that I've talked about before where they are, they're domestically oriented. If they won the lottery, they would buy the best pickup truck they can buy. They would not buy a Lexus. And these are yeah. the people that's who they're talking to. That's, that's actually what FCA does better than anybody is talking to that. Well, that, that wealthy domestically oriented consumer. And then, you know what? I, I think it's glorious. The, it's really nice to drive a really nice truck. They're, they are. They're very comfortable. They're luxurious. It is fun. They, yeah, you know, no, they're not terribly efficient. But, man, are they nice to just that and full-size SUVs. If you've got miles to cover, it's a great way to cover miles. It is. Um, it is. It absolutely is. I, I mean, when I, again, when I had it. It, you know, driving around, driving this thing around Greenwich, I was badass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's a good looking truck. Like it's, I mean, it's gorgeous. You know, I felt like people were looking for my thoroughbreds behind me. <laughs> you should get some. Um, exactly. So I, I am curious though, about the e-torque, because that's the one area where the Ram, the 5.7 Hemi, just, it's starting to show its age. It's not, it's it's not as competitive in terms of power output mm. as it once was, especially when you've got stuff like EcoBoost that it uses a smaller, more efficient way to actually put out more power with a, a a torque curve that's better suited for pickups. So, does the the e-torque help that deficit sort of smooth it out? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know the uh, the e-torque. System, you know, and what eTorque is, is a 48 volt mild hybrid system. It's a belted starter generator, so that you know, in place of your traditional alternator, there's a starter generator sitting there that has a wider belt on it, and you know, the belt has um, you know a second idler pulley. So 
it, it can act um, both as a as an alternator, but also um, to do some regenerative braking and and give you uh, you know more um, engine off time. You know when you come up to a stop, you know, and the engine shuts off to to save fuel. You know it can stay off. You know for several minutes at a time, you know, even, you know, 90 degree weather over the weekend, you know, it, with the air conditioning on, it was not, you know, it was staying off, uh, during the, uh, you know, during an intersection, whereas, you know, a lot of other, um, auto stop start systems would, you know, restart after a few seconds. And, you know, that's when you're sitting there with your foot on the brake, that's when you're most likely to feel any shuddering from the, from the engine start. You know, this one doesn't do that, you know, cause you've got so much more torque. You know, and it's it's adding 130 foot pounds of torque to the the Hemi, uh, which is you know it's a pretty substantial amount of torque, and you know also boosting the fuel economy by about 15 percent compared to the standard Hemi. So it's uh, you know it, it's a very capable system, and you know it's it's about it's bundled in with a few other things, but you know it's about a 1400 dollar option. But you know, if you're going to be spending this kind of money on a truck. You might as well spend that and and get that extra torque on there, and you know it you know it gives this thing plenty of get up and go you know when you step on it. Yeah, well, that's good because they need something to compete. And you're looking at Chrysler's engine lineup, and you're like, I'm not sure if they're gonna turbocharge their Pentastar. It doesn't seem like something they're gonna do. No, I I don't think so. I, I, at least not you know, in its current form, I, I think that, uh, they'll probably go a different direction if they do that at all, if they do anything like that. Yeah. I'll, I, I like the Ram 1500. It's, it's quite, quite different from what I've been driving, uh, which we're, we're back to, uh, this, the small side of the scale. I got a, a 2019, uh, Mazda Miata grand touring, which is just lovely. It, in terms of price, it's not, quite as expensive it's a, a whopping thirty three thousand dollars which is on the high end i think for a miata maybe is that is that a regular soft top miata or the rf yeah. no it's a soft top which is great oh okay i a love i love the rf because I, it's a little quieter um but it's also more of a targa so it, it's different you know it's not just it's not like the old miata retractable hardtop um, it's the RF is a little different flavor of the Miata experience. Um, and the, the soft top is just, it's the classic Miata and it's so well thought out, you know, it, it's, you can drop that top with one hand at a stoplight. It just, you, you pop the latch and it folds back and you just push down on it and it, it clicks in and you're good to go. And if you need, and to- if it starts raining, you can just reach right over your shoulder and pull it right back up again. Yeah. Uh, so that's great. Uh, top down driving in it is, and we all know I'm not a convertible guy, but it, it, it is the best when the top is down. It's a great fun experience. It's just, it's that classic, uh, roadster kind of thing. You know, the, the engine sounds great. It's smooth and, and has plenty of power. Uh, the, the ride is, they left it soft or, or they left a little body roll in on purpose. Um, so that you, I, I think part of it is a safety thing so that you won't quite overdo it, but also, uh, I, I think it's to, to give you that sensation of, uh, speed without having you have to overdo it. 
Um, so it it is just it's very very pleasant to drive. It's fun to to shift. It's this one's a manual. Um, and and you know practice your heel toe. Everything is just really really well thought out. And the Grand Touring is nicely equipped. It it's comfortable. It's definitely not quiet. <laughs> It's just one of the things I like about the RF better is that uh, my ears ring less when I get out of that car. Um, and, uh, you know, and I, it's just, it's such a stark contrast to everything else on the road. This thing, it's so tiny compared to everything else. Out there. You know, I park it in a spot and it's like, oh, I can, f- I can fit. <laughs> like, this is how cars used to be. Yeah, and then when somebody goes to pull in and then they realize that you're in there, they swear. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, it, it tucks in. Right. Who cares? It does. I lost it in the parking lot today. I went to the grocery store and I was like, is it is it there? And it it is. It's just it's not it's not really that long. I think it's probably ten feet from tip to tail. It's not it's not a long car. I'm I'm familiar with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, all of those virtues of your first generation Miata, I think are intact. Um, and, you know, they, they didn't, they didn't try to make it, you know, lower, longer, wider, more powerful, bigger, louder. They just, they've kept with the same formula and it's just, it's worked out really well. You know, it's a car that you can, you can, you can just drive it and enjoy it, uh, at any speed. and actually the slower you go sometimes the better you know like it's it'll do 80 or 90 on the highway no problem but it's it's not really what it's for you know it's it's more of a it's more in its zone between like 20 and 45 not on the highway on a on a surface road so it's just i'm gonna be sad to see it go it's it's really it's really nicely done i do this one is a very beautiful uh like iridescent metallic red and it has tan it's either leatherette or leather i don't have the monroney in front of me um but it's just it's it's all of those classic sports car virtues that you can't really get anywhere else everything has kind of moved on and changed the only other car that's like it sort of is the fiat because the fiat is a miata (laughs) Um, it is but it's it no it's 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 a lovely car I'm which en- which engine do you have? Do you have the the new t- um, turbo? No, it's not okay. Not the turbo, but it is one of the most authentic cars. Oh, absolutely! I mean, that's yeah. yeah. It's funny, you know, when I when I bought my Miata a couple of years ago, you know, which is now almost thirty years old, and you know, I drove it back to back with a new one. You know, it's amazing how how similar it remains. You know, and I mean, the new one is almost exactly the same size as the original. It's light. It's and, lighter, or like, is it just a couple hundred pounds heavier? I forget which. Uh, well, it, I think the Roadster, the the soft top, is about the same weight. Actually, um, the RF is a little heavier, uh, but uh, you know, the the Roadster is pretty close to the original. But you know, where they've the the one thing that feels distinctly different is you know my car you know has a significantly lower belt line and when you're driving it it feels more delicate you know it yeah it feels like you know if you hit something it's just gonna wrap up you know whereas that new one feels even though it's almost exactly the same weight it feels so solid 
but it also feels like you're more ensconced. You know, the car is more wrapped up around you. You're, you feel ensconced in it because the belt line is higher in the new one. Um, you know, when you know if you if I want to drive with my you know with my left arm, my left elbow up on the the sill. You know, it's it's not a, you know on in my car it's almost perfectly height. You know, and the and the new one it's you know you don't get that. It's it doesn't it's not as comfortable to do that. Yeah, no, Sam. When you drove me to the airport a couple weeks ago, it was very. I mean, I was very conscious of being exposed. Sounds like a negative because it wasn't. No, you're, you're right. That that is, I think that is the right word. You do feel more exposed in the old one. Right. I mean, and and you're right. Like. I felt like my shoulders were up and out of the car, which I have a very small torso, like my a very short torso. And, you know, it was a really funny sensation. It was fabulous. I loved it. But it's not a sensation that you get in cars today. And in even right. in the Miata, because I had the I had the new one a couple of weeks ago, too. So it's definitely a different sensation. Well, and, and that's something I think you will universally notice with, with older cars where they did have lower belt lines. And that's one of the things that I like about cars from, you know, 20, 25 years ago was that visibility was better, but you know, part of the reason why we've gone to these higher belt lines is for side impact, but also because I think psychologically that thing you're talking about, Sam, where uh, you feel more protected when you're cocooned in this thing, even though you're, you know, you're in a way you're less safe because you can't see out as clearly to avoid stuff. Uh, it, it, it does it, like that, that trick actually works even on a cynical auto journal, <laughs> you know, and, and um, I, I feel the same thing when I get in and just about anything with the lower belt line now is like, I, I like that sensation. I remember it where you didn't have your arm like up above your ear, you know, your elbow was, was below your ears <laughs> when you had your arm <laughs> on the, right. the, the door sill versus like, uh, now where, where it's very clearly, uh, this weird sensation. You're, you're not really supposed to have the window down. You want to, you want to keep it up. You want to stay cocooned in your little, you know, sensory tank, um, so that nothing bad can ever happen to you. <laughs> but you know the you know what if you don't want anything bad to happen to you don't leave the house correct <laughs> and then bad things will happen to you because you haven't left the house uh but the 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 uh philosophy that Mazda used was uh, what's the Japanese phrase jinba itai itai something like a horse and rider as one was this, the philosophy behind the way the Miata is supposed to behave and i really I agree with that. It really does feel like a car that you can get to that point with it where you really, you, you, you're communicating with each other in a, in a way it's, I know it sounds fluffy, but it's, it's just, it's one of those cars that will, will, it'll let you become a better driver. Uh, you know, you can, you can heel toe with it. You can, you can really, you can find the apex. It's very trusty in terms of handling. You know, I noticed that it's, it's, uh, if you lift off the throttle in the middle of a turn, you know, it's, it's light enough that the weight transfer is going to, it's going to make it bite and you're going to have to change your line. Like those are things that it's going to teach you but as you drive it, it. but it, but it's not going to bite you in the ass. Right. It no, it's, that. it's yeah. super it's benign. It's not like an old 911 that's going to snap around it. Everything just happens very progressively. I mean, you can, 
you know, it's so easy to, to place it exactly where you want on the road. Yeah. I think this is, a, it's actually, it's a hard car to get in trouble with because it's, it is, it's very benign. Um, so yeah, I, I really like it. I like the changes they've made to the engine, um, where it, it, it feels definitely it's, it's plenty powerful. The two, the two liter sky active, um, and it revs out further than it used to. And you really, you, you get something for that. Um, where in, in the past, like it's, it's almost felt like uh, that's been the mark of some other cars. Like the Honda S 2000 was like, that thing would just rev and rev and rev. And that was where the joy in that car was. And some of that now has come to the Miata where it has, this, I think it was a 70, uh, 7,000 RPM, uh, power peak and, and the 7,500 RPM red line, which is, that's pretty high. Uh, so you can just, you can, it changes the experience a little bit and the, the engine is smooth and, and pretty strong. And it's just, it's a fun all around package. There's, there's nothing else like it on the road and I'm glad that we still have it. So, um, it's, it's a car that we recommend all the time. And, and these are the reasons why, because it's just, it's a great car. And if you kick it hard, yeah. it'll go sailing across the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know mine still puts a smile on my face every time I drive it. Yeah, even I enjoy it and I hate everything. <laughs> <laughs> there were two other launches beyond the uh, Q3 that we talked about. There was the Nissan Versa and the Subaru Outback. So which do we yes. want to bite off first? What, you know what? Why don't we go with the Versa first? We'll go back to Nash Vegas. Sounds good. Um, because I'm really, really curious about how they incorporated hustle <laughs> into their messaging. So we, ha we have to start there. It, it was actually more that they incorporated fuel your. Fuel your. Do you, so they did. Do you think yes. they talk to each other like the Nissan and Audi people? No, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but the so first, I think we should say that Sam and I both very much enjoyed the Versa. Oh, that, right. and you know what? Let's let's tee this up before we well, you guys actually recorded a segment. Yes. Um, so let's cut that in here and then we'll come back and we'll talk smack about all of the event <laughs> and the car itself. So stand by. Sam here with Rebecca, and we are in the heart of Nashville, Tennessee, sitting in a 2020 Nissan Versa, uh, Versa SV, actually, which is the middle trim level. And we've just been spending the morning driving this thing around outside of uh, outside of Nashville. And um, this is this is Nissan's entry level vehicle. What do you think about this? You know, I think it's really, really good, actually. Uh, the interior is particularly nice. I think it's a modern simple interpretation there you know are nice touches there's nice materials that they've used the dials feel really good the screen i think looks great there's some nice top stitching details you know there's a couple you can see a, a couple of cost saving areas some of you know some of the door panels are a little hard surface but even though they've tried to give it a nice feel and and overall i think i'm really impressed with it yeah i mean you know the center part of the dash you know this spans across the dash here and around the the 
um, the center display, you know, on this particular SV trim level is, you know, it's got a strip of, you know, nice piece of uh, contrasting leather. It's like a tan color against the, the dark plastic. The plastics, you know, as you said, are, you know, it's all, it's hard surfaces, um, you know, because this is, this is their low end car. This thing starts at $14,700 yeah. <laughs> uh, for the base S model with a manual transmission. And even this SV, which is, pretty close to loaded has just about every available option on it you know it's just barely over nineteen thousand dollars including the nine hundred dollar destination fee so you know this this is real this is one of the cheapest one of the let me rephrase that this is one of the least expensive cars you can buy new cars you can buy in america today right and it really doesn't feel cheap it you know, doesn't. There, there's that, you know, there's that important distinction between being low cost and being cheap. You know, the, the, the hard, you know, like I said, the hard plastics, when you touch them, they're, you know, they're hard. They don't have any give to them, but they're really nicely textured. It looks high quality and, uh, you know, everything, the fit and finish is really good. They, notably, they have not actually shown us the, the base model, you know, the $14,700 model. Um, but, you know, still, it's, it's not going to be radically different from this one. Right. I think that, I mean, the fact that this is, you know, comfortably under 19, under 20,000. And as you say, that includes the 95 for destination handling. And you're getting a really nice vehicle, nicely equipped, a nice, really nice looking. And, you know, as we experience, it drives really nicely and it's so quiet on the road. And just a, just a really pleasant experience overall. Yeah, you know, the engine in this one is a, a naturally aspirated 1.6 liter four. It's paired with a, a CVT, uh, which gets pretty decent fuel economy. I was seeing, I think, about 32, 33 miles per mm -hmm. gallon on the indicator. Um, and I think it's ra EPA rated at 40 on the highway. Uh, this, you know, you can, it's only 122 horsepower. You know, when you're going up, you know, a fairly steep grade, it's working. You can hear the engine yeah, working. Yeah, it's screaming a little. But you know, it's it's not it's not as that's not terrible. You know, the overall, like you said, the car is quiet. Wind noise is kept to a minimum, and it, uh, uh, you know, it when you're merging onto a highway, for example, it's got enough grunt, you know, to to safely merge you on. You're not going to be struggling to to keep up with traffic. So and don't forget, we haven't had the radio on either. That's true. You know, yeah. So this is all without the radio on. Yeah, and that's that's something we do typically do when we're doing these drives is we, we leave the radio off, you know, because we're we're talking about our, our impressions and, and listening for stuff. You know, there's no shakes and rattles, no squeaks. Um, you know, it's it's seems really solidly put together. And you know, I think for somebody that that's looking for an affordable new car, you know, with with a warranty, I think you know, I think for, for most people that are maybe you know looking to buy their first car buying a used car is usually you know a, a far more affordable option but you know if you want something new with a warranty you you're going to be hard pressed to do better than this thing i agree i agree i think that you know there's a lot of safety features on it there's uh standard on this sv we've got automatic emergency braking rear automatic braking lane departure warning high beam assist which basically means automatic high beams review monitor uh, review monitor the, there's steering wheel controls on there, and then Apple CarPlay and Android Auto is standard. We also have the um, cruise control, adaptive the cruise control. adaptive cruise control, which we've had some a couple of issues with, but um, again, just the fact that it's even on here is really, really impressive for just over 19,000 delivered. Yeah, and you know it's also a fairly roomy car, especially up in the mm. front seat here. Uh, we've got plenty of room. The back seat, uh, you know, one of the things they did with this new generation of Versa, and something we haven't mentioned, is the the design. 
you know, the design, the, the last generation Versa was, shall we say, a little awkward looking, you know. <laughs> it, it looked like it was too tall for, you know, it's too small tires. Right. It, it looked a little tippy and, you know, it had too much, it looked like it had too much sheet metal, you know, on the fenders over the, over the wheels. This one is much better proportioned, much more attractive. You know, it looks like a, a, a scaled down version of the new Altima and, and, and Maxima. It's got that same kind of design language, which, you know, looks really attractive, I think. It does. And, you know, so it's a little lower, it's wider, it's a little bit longer than the than the previous Versa. Um, no hatchback this time, uh, at least for now anyway. Uh, more than likely, I don't think we I don't think we will see a hatchback yeah. version because I think they're looking at the kicks as really kind of the replacement for the Versa Note, um, you know, which is based based on the same platform, but it's a, a compact crossover. Um, but you know, I think that um, you know that they've they've done a lot right with this car. The the back seat, you know, is got enough. I climbed in the back, you know, and had. Um, room you know i had more than enough knee room uh and leg room in there shoulder room um because it is lower than the old one um you know headroom is less than it was before but you know but i could i could sit up straight you know if i i'm 5'11 and i have a fairly long torso you know my hair was just barely brushing the the headliner if i stood up straight you know um, you know, and, and sat with good posture instead of my usual slouch. Um, you know, but I think most most adults will will have you know be fine in the back seat. But they did mention that they lowered the seat. Yeah, they, they lowered did the lower, H they point on that yeah. to make up for the more slopey roof. And right. as you said, it's it just looks more planted. It's nice wide. Mm -hmm. It's there's there's a level of character to the exterior without being a caricature. Uh, so it's not this really ex overly expressive design, which some vehicles today seem to have, and it almost looks cartoonish. This has a nice, quiet elegance to it that really- You wouldn't really... be referring to the Honda Civic, would you? I, I did not say anything. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm certainly not complaining about the Civic because I have one in my garage. Yeah. But, uh... but no, I think that they did a nice job. And again, for, you know, it's, it's a nice looking vehicle regardless of the price point but then when you find out that it's you know less than 20,000 then it's really it's really a nice looking vehicle i think they did a great job on it i like the fact that you know the knobs in, inside there's it's very easy to use it's very intuitive there's a couple of things I would have loved to have seen them offer. I'd love to see auto HVAC because that's just a pet peeve of mine. Um, and that's just a more of a personal thing. Um, but, you know, at some point they have to cut off the costs. And so it's, you know, it's understandable. I do. It does come in a manual also with the, I only think, in the that only, right, only, only on the, the base, model, yeah. on the base. And then I do wonder if at some, there's a key, right? This is. Yeah. So the, the base model has a, a standard key. Does not have the push button start like right. this one does. Yeah. So so the SV and the SR get the push button start, get the, the CVT as standard equipment. Yeah. Uh, and also get things like Android Auto and CarPlay. For that, that $14,700 price, you're not going to get some, those features. Right. But, you know, if, if you're looking for a new car at that price point, you, you will have to make some sacrifices. Yeah. And, you know, the, the thing is the, the core, the base car itself is so, you know, feels so fundamentally good, you know, for what it is that you know i mean certainly it's it's not going to be a, a competitor you know with you know a bmw or you know other uh much much more more expensive cars but at this price point you you can't beat this i i agree i agree i think that again i'd love you know to see a sunroof in here as an option but they had to make some decisions like that and it's fine and and you know even though one of the first slides they showed us today was on the sedan market and 
you know, but you have to think of these vehicles on a global basis as well, that these, this type of vehicle is perfect for the global market. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I think they'll sell an absolute ton of them. That's another reason why they kept the manual transmission. Somebody asked them, is it really even worth it? But they said on a global basis, it is worth it. And so they figured, let's throw, you know, a couple to the States. They'll, I think they'll sell two or 3% maybe. They didn't give us any yeah. kind of indication, but you know, they did say that there's some there's some desire for a manual still in this market. Yeah, and you know, Nissan uh, you know has been struggling a little bit of late. They you know their most recent financial results, uh, you know, their profit in the first half of the year dropped by ninety or maybe it was the second quarter, dropped by ninety yeah. percent compared to the prior year period. And you know, they they just in the last few days they made some announcements that they're going to be cutting uh, twelve thousand jobs, cutting about ten percent of their uh, of their model lineup between now and 2022 or 23. And so my guess is that, you know, given that the sedan market is shrinking, I mean, it's still sizable, about 3 million vehicles a year in the U.S. Um, out of 17 million total. But it is it has been shrinking steadily for the last several years. And, you know, so I would guess that um, part of the, the changes that we're going to see in the Nissan lineup going forward, you know, we probably won't see a hatchback version of the Note directly. But like I said, the kick the kicks will probably be marketed towards those who would have wanted a hatchback in this size class. The Sentra, um, you know, when it reaches the end of its current life cycle, is probably going to go away, I think, because I think this, this vehicle is close enough in size to the Sentra that it doesn't really make sense to have, you know, another vehicle in that gap between right. here and the, and the you, Altima. Do you think there's more name recognition with the Sentra than the Versa, though? There might be. You know, I was I would wonder about that just in terms of getting on a consideration list for that's, pe- for shoppers. That, that's possible, um, but you know, I think I, my guess is you know that if, if shoppers you know come into a Nissan dealer um, you know and see this car and see it next to a Sentra, they're you know they're probably going to say, you know what, that car is so much more in my within my budget, right, and offers so much for that for what I can afford to pay uh, every month that it makes sense for me to, to choose that one. And I'm my guess is that over the, the next 12 months, we'll probably see a significant decline in Sentra sales and a significant increase mm. in Versa sales. So speaking of sales, I have to comment on their advertising oh, motto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuel your go. Not to be confused with enjoy the go from that toilet paper company. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Fuel your go. I, I, I mean, I'm sorry, but right away I thought I have to go to the bathroom. Like, huh. it's just, I, I and I, I'm going to say this because I've already told some people at Nissan this. I just, I, I don't understand that. I, I get the concept of it, but you got to come up with a better tagline than that. I, I, I don't know. So, you know, they're going after, you know, they've, they've divided these up into, into first-time buyers, the wanderlusters, <laughs> the self-strivers, and the full-house families. And, you know, I, I appreciate what they're trying to do, but I just fuel your go? Uh, no. Know. That one, that one <laughs> no go. completely lost on me. <laughs> um, and, and the, you know, the names they come up with some of these segments, some of these demographic <sighs> segments, just, you know make me cringe sometimes i know well so you know i mean i understand what they're trying to do you know they're trying to figure out who who is their customer uh trying to understand 
what that customer is looking for in a car, what they need in a car, and trying to create a product that's going to appeal to those customers at a price point that they can manage. And I think for that, I think they've succeeded. You know, I think for for those of us outside of the the companies, you know, and and having been on the inside in, in a past life, you know, hearing these presentations from the the marketing people, <laughs> uh, you know, some of these these names that they come up with to describe, you know, describe these different demographic groups is, is pretty hysterical, but, um, you know, what can you say? I know. I know. I just, I just had to bring that up. Yeah. The car itself, I think is fantastic. I think they did a really nice job. I love how much technology they've packed into it at, at and I say like almost regardless of the price point, it's impressive. And then when you hear what value it is. I think they've done a really nice job. They have uh, three USB ports, one that actually supports the Android Auto and Apple CarPlay, and then two more that are for charging. So if you've got multiple people in the vehicle with you, you can charge your phones without interfering with the you know, with the interface, which I think is really cool and, and thoughtful. And that's the thing is that there's a lot of nice little thoughtful touches in here. You know, there's a couple of cup holders. There's not tremendous, but there's some nice cubby holes of storage. And and we've, and we've got this little mystery cubby over here on the right. left-hand side of the dash that we were trying to figure out what, what you could actually store in there. You know, but, you know, it's there. I don't. I don't think you'd fit no, my, your phone. My, my phone won't fit in there. It's not. It's a little bit yeah, too wide. Yeah, it's but. about the. It's about the depth of my fingers, which is maybe two and a half, three inches. So it's kind of a weird little cubby hole. We're not sure what that is for. But again, there's you know there's no wireless charging. There's a few things that are missing, but at the same time, there's some nice surprises as well. And so, you know, the the sun visors are really large, and they actually have an extension to help with blocking the sun. And so they've done some nice features, again, on a vehicle that uh, they could have easily skimped on things, but I think they did and a you really can find, good job. And you can find other other vehicles in this price range, um, you know, like the Mitsubishi Mirage that do not feel this good. Right. And certainly don't drive as good as Certainly this. don't drive as well as, yeah. as this one does, for sure. Yeah. yeah so, no, I think it's, uh, you know, if you're, as you said, Sam, I think if you're in the market, if you're looking at spending you know, 20000 and below, I think this is definitely something that should be on, on your list. It's a perfect alternative to a used car because you're going to get that warranty. You're going to get some of the latest technology. You, you're going to get Apple, uh, you know, Apple CarPlay, Android Auto on that upper trim level. And I think it's definitely worth considering. Absolutely. It's really good. Yeah. All right. Back to the rest of the show. Awesome. On the heels of that, um, now now we can we can dish so uh you like the verser but also their messaging is not quite as likable <laughs> well as as we just mentioned in that piece i the the message fuel your go uh, i, I <laughs> i'm sorry but perfect i immediately like, had to go to the bathroom <laughs> I, and as i said in the in the piece she's not kidding <laughs> i told nissan this already so i feel comfortable saying this but then the funny thing was then when i got home Ooh. and i saw the card from audi saying fuel your hustle I'm like well at least that doesn't make me go to the bathroom <laughs> is, this, is this like the car lunch equivalent of like uh running the water or <laughs> no, it's just like fuel. Uh, I think so, yes. Fuel your go. That just sounds like a combo of like protein powder and laxative. Like it I, just I, I, 
<laughs> right. <laughs> I I was I'm at an absolute loss. I'm not gonna lie. I I just I don't understand that at all. And you know, I would love to I'd love to hear on Twitter from our listeners what their take is on those things. I really would, because obviously, you know, I had a very I had a very specific reaction to Clearly. it. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's not good. Um, and I, again, I hate everything and I'm a critic, but uh, yeah. And you work in advertising. Y- yeah. Well, and that, that helps me additionally hate everything. Um, <laughs> because like I'm constantly rewriting copies, so I get it. Like I'm not necessarily the, the, the best, uh, most reliable evaluator of it because i'm gonna have those sort of i'm gonna want to make it my own um but yeah that's it but anyway i hope that's not their i hope that's just their sort of media launch thing and no that's that's their tagline for their for their marketing campaign for the diversa yeah (laughs) well and my first thought was enjoy the go from Charmin. yeah that's true that's true. And see, that's one of the things that um, you really like. They're not associated uh, industries, really. But like you have to do that free association thing. Like I've killed stuff because uh, you do that. That person's like unvarnished response to it. And if you get too many of those, you've got a problem and you know that it's going to get conflated with that. And, and like that's not going to help your brand. Right, right. especially like so my opinion of the old versa was that it sort of belongs there but uh <laughs> no it looks so the new versa i'm curious to see what your impressions of it are because like, looking at pictures and, and reading the, the press release like it looks like it's a much better car it certainly looks a lot better um and the old versus problem was that it was it was like the modern Only. yeah well it was old and terrible and the modern day equivalent of a studebaker scotsman which is like the most stripped out <laughs> car you could buy. But no, I think like we said in the piece that this is an excellent vehicle for it's a, it's a, I think it's a very good vehicle in general and especially for the price point 17,000, you know, 19,000 fully loaded. That's, that's really competitive. I mean, look at what we've been talking about is how incredibly expensive these vehicles yeah. are. This is a is a really competitively priced vehicle with very few compromises. So kudos on on Nissan for that. I just am not feeling the. <laughs> well, that's a bad way. I get I'm, I I don't like that tagline. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, you know, I think it, you know, it's an excellent, affordable car, you know, and you know, even, even if you take away the affordability part of it, you know, I think, you know, it's, it's really well done. It looks good. You know, it's very well executed. You know, clearly, you know, if you put this thing up against, you know, something like the Q3, <laughs> um, you know, the, the, the level of materials and everything is not going to be in the same ballpark, but it costs, you know, a third as much. Well, and it's not supposed to be exactly, right. you know, I think, you know, in for somebody that's looking for, 
you know, an affordable new car with a warranty and everything, you're going to be hard pressed to do much better than this one. Yeah. Well, that was sort of the, the versus niche. Um, you know, the first, first generation Versa, cause this is the third generation now. So the first right. generation Versa, um, they had the sedan and the hatch. They weren't that different. The hatch was the one that we all loved. Um, and so that's the one that they killed when they went to the second generation. Uh, so we only got a sedan. But then they brought, brought out the Versa Note. And the, right, the Versa Note. Um, but the, the Note is now gone, right? That's, that's all done? Yes. And, and I think, you know, while, you know, Nissan won't specifically say this, I think, you know, effectively the Versa Note has been replaced by the Kicks. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I was going to say it's the, it's the Rogue Sport, but I think that's probably. Yeah, no, no, it's really it's really the Kicks that is the replacement. And the Kicks, you know, is on the same platform as the Versa. You know, so it's got the same same powertrain, you know, same same wheelbase, same hard, all the same hardware underneath. You know, it's got beam axle with drum brakes on the rear, um, you know, basic strut suspension up front, same 1.6 liter, 122 horsepower engine, CVT. Um, you know, so mechanically it's the same car. It is basically a Versa hatchback yeah. that's slightly taller, ever so slightly and taller. That's, that's fine. Cause it's yeah. still, everybody actually really likes the kicks. And, um, right. And, and, and the, and the kicks, you know, same thing, you know, at, among subcompact crossovers, you know, it is far and away the best value out there right now. I think the, the new Hyundai venue, when that come arrives later this fall, you know, is probably going to be a, a, a serious competitor to that. But, you know, right now, the, you know, the, the Versa is easily two to $3,000 cheaper than anything else in its segment. I think they've been really smart. Uh, you know, like you just went through the running gear, right? The beam axle with drum brakes and simple struts and the 1.6 liter engine. Like none of that is going to, to light anybody's hair on fire, but what's really good about that is the same thing that's, that's really good about the sort of uh, the, the way that Toyota keeps the Corolla like that too. You know, it's, it's long wearing stuff, <laughs> you know, there's not much to go wrong with a beam axle. You replace the shocks every, I don't know, whenever they wear out and, and you're, you're pretty much good to go. Uh, that 1.6 is n- not, a brand new engine. They figured it out. They've worked out the bugs. Uh, the, the really, the biggest issue is the, the Xtronic CVT that they've also figured out at this point. Um, are they still touting its, its rear seat? That's because uh, I, I think the current one, the, the claim to fame is that it has a larger, more rear seat leg room than an E-class Mercedes. That was, that was what they kept <laughs> they, saying. They didn't tout that, you know, uh, Nominally, the the new Versa has, I think, the same passenger volume as the old one. Okay, but it's been redistributed because it's lower, and you know the it's a, it's a couple inches longer. But the the wheelbase uh, is the same, but it is also wider. So you've got more shoulder room in this one. Yep. Um, you know, sitting in the back seat, you know, I, I you know I had the front seat, you know, set where I would have it. I'm five foot eleven. I got in the back. I had plenty of leg room. Um, you know, but if I sit up straight, you know, and don't slouch like I usually do, you know, my head was just brushing the headliner at the back, you know, it, but, you know, I also, I have a fairly long torso proportion. So, you know, I think, you know, a, a typical 
six foot, six foot one, maybe even a six foot two person um, would, you know, they would probably be fine in there. And, you know, even if you just have to slouch a little bit, you've, you've still got plenty of headroom back there. So, you know, I think it's definitely usable by four adults. Uh, of course, you know, with four adults in there, that engine's going to be working a bit harder, especially if you're going uphill. Um, but, you know, and you're not, you're not going to be winning any autocrosses against a Miata in this thing. But that's not the way the customer of this car is going to be using it. They're going to be using it as a basic commuter to get to work and get to school. You know, it's a, it's a good, you know, if you're going to buy a, a car for, you know, if, if you must buy a new car for your, for your 16 year old new driver, you know, something like this is, is a good option. Well, it's going to have all the safety gear. So yeah, it does. You know, you've got things like, um, blind spot warning and, and forward collision alert and, uh, uh, automatic emergency braking and, and also rear automatic emergency braking. So, you know, when the, the rear backup camera detects something behind you, it will hit the brakes. And actually, that reminds me of something, you know, uh, when I was out photographing the Ram the other day, it also has rear automatic braking. Um, and I was shooting it in some tall grass. And when I was trying to back out, you know, to get back onto the road, it kept slamming on the brakes as I was backing <laughs> up because it was detecting the tall grass around the truck, around the back of the truck. That's funny. Um, one thing also with the Versa is that the back seats actually all fold down. The It doesn't become a hatchback, so you can fit long items in there. But it does increase the the utility yeah. of the sedan. And, and the trunk, and that's the trunk really is nice. pretty big in this thing, too. It's 15 bigger. cubic feet. Yeah, the trunk is a good size. So I think they've done a really, really nice job with this and and provided a good amount of functionality, in, a, in even if it's a sedan. Well, it's, you know what, it's probably the car in Nissan's lineup that needed the love the most. Um, I, you know, given Nissan's recently announced troubles, where they're like 90% profit as they're off profit by like 90%. I'm not sure what, what's going on there. Why their their profit took such a large hit? But um, because their CEO's in jail. Well, I mean, <laughs> former CEO. Somebody's former running CEO. the company, right? Like the the, the light. Sakawa is. They're yeah. keeping the lights on. So I'm I'm confused by that. But uh, you know, it it's a it's a it seems by all accounts like a, a good car, and I'm actually it's weird. Most of the time with the, us car writers, we really like to drive the the fancy stuff, or you know the the Corvette, like, I, yes, I really would like to drive that, but I'd also really like to drive the Versa and I'd like to drive the Versa S <laughs> like the, the base model. I want to see what that's like. Um, because it, it, they didn't offer that for us. Uh, huh? <laughs> that was not available no, to us. No. <laughs> no, but you know what? It, you know, I don't think it would be that radically different from the others. Like even the Versa S, you know, has, has those safety features I talked about. Yeah. The one we drove also had adaptive cruise control, but the, you know, the Versa S, you know, it has the seven seven inch touchscreen display. It doesn't have Android Auto and CarPlay support, but it does have Bluetooth. Um, you know, so it's got you know it's still got a lot of the, a lot of features in there. Yeah, uh, you know, and uh, like you say, for a new driver or just somebody who wants an affordable car that's a new car that's not not being used, and there are reasons for doing that. It's it's another solid choice. And with the demise of sedans from everybody else, it's one of the few you can still buy. Right. And, you know, you you were talking about, you know, uh, Nissan's um, 
90% drop in profits. You know, they announced last week that they're going to be cutting a whole bunch of models from their lineup uh, in the next several years. And my guess is that based on the improvements on this Versa, I wouldn't be surprised if the, the Sentra is one of the cars that drops out of Nissan's lineup. Uh, and as well as, you know, probably the Maxima, uh, you know, when it, when it reaches the end of its current life cycle. Well, yeah, those are cars that have kind of tiled into the corner, right? They don't really have any, anywhere to go. Um, right. The, the Versa has grown now, like you said, it's lower, longer, wider. Like it's centricized. So why, why do you want the center anymore? Um, yeah, I, I guess we'll see. With with what happens, the, the Sentra is still slightly bigger than this one, but not by a whole lot. Yeah, the the overlap is kind of really it's really tight, right? Like you're going to want to go from Versa to Altima. So that's I guess it's because Sentra does Sentra fill in the gap right now in terms of pricing between the top level Versa and the entry level Altima. Uh, yes, yeah. I do believe it does. So they're going to have to figure that out. Like, do we kill the Sentra and make a cheaper Altima or a more expensive Versa? On to the next launch, the Subaru 2020 Subaru Outback. So now we've this is the sixth time around, and they all look the same. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Well, they actually just sold their two millionth Subaru Outback. Yes. Wow. Yeah, and that's before the sixth generation hits the streets. So it's impressive. Yeah, this is actually my first. Subaru launch ever. Oh, really? So I was, yes. So I was very excited to spend some time in it and uh, just see, you know, how they did their media launches and stuff. And it was, it was great. They did a really, really nice job. They had us into, um, out to a, a beautiful uh, location in, in Northern California. Uh, we were quite a ways away. We had to go on a charter plane up to um, the spot, but it was, it was really stunningly beautiful in um, Fort Bragg, California, okay. not to be confused with the other Fort Bragg, uh, but it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was a great place. So I, so the super, as you say, I mean, it, it does look very similar to the other ones, you know, that's typically understated. And um, I like the kind of rough and ready cladding that they do on them. They, I mean, these are, you know, it's sort of like the Miata. These are, incredibly authentic vehicles they do not do anything too crazy or flashy they stay in their swim lane they know what their clientele wants you know it has really nice features i you know nothing again like nothing too flashy they they are keeping up with technology android auto and apple car player both supported there's the hands-free power lift gate is offered uh the onyx edition xt which we spent the afternoon driving actually has water repellent upholstery in it which i love i think that i just again like that's that's what this client wants. They this buyer wants well, that's, that. That's great. For they're very dog friendly brand and very dog friendly cars. And one of yes. the things that I do uh, is when the dog gets in, even if it's just like you know morning dew on the grass, or if it's raining, like he's got wet feet. He's leaving big dog prints all over everything inside. 
<laughs> so if it's water repellent, that's that's appealing. Yeah. I like that. Well, and, and the other thing I liked about this too, this Onyx Edition, it was actually the mid-level trim. trim. So it wasn't the most expensive. So this is uh, the, the base price. Is, this is the 2020 Subaru Outback. The base price is twenty six six forty five, and then the one that I tested, the Onyx Edition XT, uh, it was at about thirty four eight ninety five. May have had a couple of smaller of, of uh, options on it, but two point four liter four cylinder turbocharged uh, boxer engine, uh, CVT transmission, which was pretty good, a little whiny at times, uh, but but not too bad. All wheel drive transmission. I actually had a terrible slog of a climb. Up this, uh, we went to one of those redwoods that you can drive through. Yeah, you know, like you can take it. And yeah, I saw a bunch of pictures of that. Uh, yeah, I think, right. Uh, um, Harvey Briggs posted some photos of that. Yes. So the entire like thirty five forty miles up that hill was there was a minivan and then a motorcycle, <laughs> and the motorcycle clearly was on vacation. The minivan must have taken the year off because they just it was like 30 to 35 miles up the whole way. And it was a slog. So that was unfortunate. And then on the way back down, when uh, my driving partner, Jeff, was driving, everybody pulled over for him. I was like, what the heck? What is going on here? So, oh, my gosh. Right. So I didn't. You know, there was there was parts of it that I, I didn't get a chance to really test out as much as I would have liked to. However, we did go significantly off road and do some pretty good off roading in it. It has this dual function X mode with hill descent and the X mode is, is accessible just by a push of a button, which I always like because I remember like on the Honda Passport, you have to toggle through some menus and that's you don't want to do that. No, like you're like when you need it, you need it. Right, yeah. you need it. So they that's, had a, that's actually one of the nice things about the RAM. It, yes. Right around the it's got the rotary shifter and right you know, clustered around that shifter are the, the various four wheel drive mode buttons. So they're right there. Love that. Love that. So X so, mode is, is what is that? Does it lock it like fifty fifty? Right. Yes. Yeah. So that so that then gives you uh, the ability to go more uh, more off road. We went through. We did a, a, a very small amount of water fording, and this thing did a really really good job uh, going on pretty rough trails. I mean these were these were not particularly well groomed. So the X mode it uh, it, it works with the the standard on all Subarus, the symmetrical all-wheel drive system. Uh, it just gives you better traction, basically. Um, I'm not, I won't pretend to be an engineer, but it was definitely necessary in some of the things that we that we had to do uh, and some of the off-roading that we had to do. And then when we were back on the road, then it was just really, really well-behaved. And, you know, they just, they just do a nice job of that, of, of providing technology off-road that probably more than most people would use but maybe not a super owner but they you know they 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 often do some pretty vigorous off i mean i I did see a picture of like fording a stream that that seems a little bit much although it's cool that it'll do it how how deep can you go on a subaru i don't think it was very deep i it was it was 
it was measured in inches as opposed to feet like we did in the Jeep. Like you and I, like Sam, like you and I did in the Jeep. Yeah, like the Wrangler can yeah. handle, I think, 30 inches. Yeah, that was different. Th- this is not that. <laughs> but I will say that like the hill descent, it worked really, really well. And it, it actually gave that feeling of sort of a Jeep-like sure-footed feel to it. So, you know, I think they've done a really nice job with providing this vehicle. Uh, you know, it's it's got the underplate. Um, we did break one of them uh we we (laughs) it wasn't my fault (laughs) um but we just we hit really hard and basically broke one of the brackets as opposed to the bumper itself it was more the bracket just and it was just like it was just the way that we hit so you know you do have to be careful obviously um but the ground clearance is pretty high it's it's over eight inches of ground clearance as well and and again, the thing is that it, it was not a lot of you're not compromising a lot on the road because of this uh, you know, more off road capability. Well, this is the same platform as the Ascent, right? That's I, uh, I believe so. Yes, I believe it's the same platform. It uses the same engine as well. Well, I should say it's available. So um, so the 2.4 liter turbocharged is available in the ascent and then you can also get a 2.5 liter normally aspirated engine so i really i liked the 2.4 liter turbocharged yeah i think the last ascent i drove had that engine and i was really impressed with it i was also impressed with the the solid structure so mm-hmm. i'm assuming that 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 feeling carries over if it's the same basic platform it, it must feel really good it does. It does. It feels very, very, very solid. I, as I said, this was really this was the first time that I'd spent any time in a Subaru, and so you know I was coming in with a with a very fresh kind of open minded feel, and and I was left really impressed. It's just, you know, it's just a good all around car. It's again, it's one you know they obviously their target market very much is academia you know, nursing profession. I mean, they, 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 they know their target market, uh, you know, really, really well. And again, the price points, you know, the, the most, so the, the, the base, as I said, is 26,645. That's for the Outback 2.5 liter engine. And then they've got, uh, it goes up to the Outback Touring XT, which has the 2.4 liter turbo. So the base, uh, but the base, even that, when we think about some of the safety features, it still has eyesight. It still has the Android Auto and Apple CarPlay. You know, it still has auto stop start, review camera. It has some nice features to it. And then the walk up, as I mentioned, that the Onyx uh, Special Edition, that's just under 35,000. And then you can go up to 39. So you know, you can get a lot of car and you've got a lot of different options in terms of, of to match your budget and what you want out of it. So, you know, I just, I think they did a really good job with it. I was really happy with it. It, it definitely would, you'd be able to fit in in Greenwich with one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that, that dual X mode, um, I should mention also, it has a sand mud setting as well. So you so you can adjust that again through the toggling um, fair, you know, very um, um, through the knob rather uh, fairly easily. You're able to adjust that, which on the fly, I really like that a lot. Yeah, it, it seems like, well, Subaru really knows their market. 
They they, they do. know who buys their cars and they they know why people buy their cars. You know, I'm I'm impressed that they with that new turbo engine, you can now tow thirty five hundred pounds with it. That that's yes. pretty good uh, with the two point five liter. It's it's a lot of space. It's a lot of car, but it also gets thirty three miles to the gallon on the highway. So that's yes. also pretty good. Um, but I think the thing that, it, so the, the couple of things that, you know, you're always going to get with Subaru. And we were talking about this a little bit before we started was, you know, you're going to get, um, the all wheel drive, but also, you know, you're going to get the safety, right. With, with the eyesight, with, um, all of that driver assist technology, adaptive cruise and lane centering, it's either standard or available. They've, they really, eyesight's standard on all trims now. Right. It is exactly. And and then you can get enhanced versions of it as well. They also have the Starlink telematics, which is their safety plus system. And, you know, they have the concierge, right. They have advanced um, adaptive cruise control and, you know, they just, they, they've done a nice job, something called driver focus, which is their distraction mitigation system. And so this is where, uh, you know, they have, they have facial recognition technology and this helps improve whether you need to take a break or not. You know, it, it follows your eye, um, detects the eye opening, the direction and the duration um, in the vehicle. So again, very, very advanced features. Uh, some of the, the, uh, some of the other things they do is this um the driver status detection which is distraction which is audible and visual warning and the dozing which is another audible and visible warning and so it kind of differentiates between what you're doing and how you're behaving behind the wheel so i uh, you know just i like the fact that they've stayed authentic to who they are but they've modernized the vehicle as well and, you know, really kept up with stuff. So um, they did they did a really it's a, it's a really, really nice job overall. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it looks like it's I mean, it looks like it does all the things it's supposed to do. How was the um the multimedia system? Did you try that? The new 11, 11.6 inch? Yeah. So we had so so the base model gets I think it's just over eight inches. And then and then the big one, it's 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 huge. I mean, it, it's oh, I'm sorry, it's seven inch for the base, the Subaru Starlink dual seven inch multimedia. And then it goes up to eleven point six inch um, in the mid and the high trim. And then they add the highest trim has TomTom Tom navigation, but we mostly used Waze. Uh, and it's nice to have that option. But I, I thought it, it it was easy. I've had uh, you know me with multimedia. If, if I can break it, I will. And but <laughs> this one, but this one actually was was really pretty well behaved overall. Uh, we at one point we were running a little bit late, and so we wanted to just head back, and it was very easy to program and to put that in. So, and again, we were in pretty remote locations, but we didn't have any problems with directions, with getting to where we wanted to go. So. Do you think that like this Outback is the car that um, way back when they launched? Who was the actor? Was it Crocodile Dundee? Paul uh, Hogan. Yeah, Paul Hogan. So it was kind of like I remember when they launched it in the in the late nineties, and it was just like okay, but it was also immediately very popular. Um, and and I think it it's maintained that that thing, but the they it really. I think it introduced all wheel drive as a feature and now that's everywhere. Like 
It is. It's it's incredible. I mean, they made the decision, you know, let me just glance through my notes real quick because they referenced that they made that decision to go all-wheel drive. And, you know, one of the things that they did so well, their timing of it was brilliant because safety and capability are two key core values of the baby boomer generation. They were the ones that really were the, you know, they're the helicopter parents, right? Yeah. And and Subaru, know, my, my experience of boomer pictures, boomer boomer parents was that they were they were helicopters for themselves. Well, <laughs> they were well, they yeah, were narcissist parents. Uh, the, but they but they brought us the baby on board sticker. That's true. That's true. Right. So you know, I've reproduced. Therefore, you need to drive therefore better. I have value. Yeah. Right. You know. But so yeah. So 1994 was when the first model year was when the first generation came out. And then they added the cladding in the second generation. <laughs> yeah, well, but it was paint really, in the first generation, right? It was like two-tone paint. Right, yeah. right, exactly, yes. But what they really did was in that, uh, in the fourth generation, which was model year 2010, that's when they went from selling like in the twos, the low twos, 200,000 unit a year to 450,000 units in the fourth generation. Well, you know, that's really interesting. That's the, that's the generation where it, all of a sudden went from a legacy wagon to, to a less high SUV. Like it would just, yes, like that generation got a lot bigger. Yep. It did. Well, that was the thing so they added, they increased the cabin and cargo space. They had retractable costs, crossbars, and they upgraded the cladding. And those were some of the key things that they did. And then they also started introducing uh, 2015 is when they introduced eyesight, but to so the fifth generation over 700,000 units wow. sold in that generation. I mean, it's incredible. And that's, you know, more off-road capability with the X mode, more cabin space, more refinement, more safety. And as I said, you know, at the beginning, they've now sold to uh, 2 million units. And so they continue to add refinement. They continue, you know, it's, it's, in, they continue to, to add features, but with that design restraint that, their clientele desires from them and expects from them. And I love that about them. You know, they're so true to themselves. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, they're Subaru continues to grow, you know, very, very deliberately. You know, they're, they're well, so, so amazing. Their sales are phenomenal. So in 2016, 17, in that time frame, so they were number four in their midsize SUV segment behind Explorer Grand Cherokee and Toyota Highlander. That's not bad company. Right? Like, I'll, I'll take I mean, that. They, they significantly outsell the Ford Edge. Like that, I mean, these are these are names that it's like, that's impressive. Just thinking about even their dealer body, you know, and the coverage that they have. I mean, I think, you know, Dan, you and I know that this was a New England car. Oh, yeah. Like, Every, you know, you only saw them in New England. It was, it was the official car of Vermont. <laughs> it, it still is. Exactly. So, you know, it, it's funny. Like, I was going to comment. So here, you know, there's there's three tiers of cars like this. Like this this niche has three tiers. There's the there's the Outback tier. Um, there's the Volvo tier uh, with the cross countries or the XCs, sure. whatever. Um and then there's the Mercedes tier <laughs> with with the the E series formatics. And 
you know, each one is more expensive than the the previous, but it's, it's sort of the same kind of formula, right? It, it has sure footedness, a certain amount of quality and safety and consistency over generations. Like, you know what you're going to get. And Subaru has, Subaru has eaten the bottom end of the the Volvo market. Volvo has had to push upscale because, uh, you know, the days Mm. of buying the entry level Volvo that is expensive, but not luxurious are, are gone. And that's because Subaru is there. You can buy a Subaru that is going to drive solid. It's going to have all that, that driver assistance and safety gear. And it's going to cost, you know, like we see here, it's going to get into the high thirties and then that that's it. You know, that's that's not bad. And their demographics are so classic. It's number one is educate their occupations. Number one is education. Number two is health healthcare. Number three is technology. But their their household income, I was surprised by this. It's only seventy five thousand to ninety nine thousand, which I thought was really was was lower than I was expecting. Especially because thirty two percent of their buyers are have a graduate level education or higher. Maybe that's reflected in the number one occupation of education. (laughs) But, you know, to them, these are people that have to get to work. Like when you think about, you know, teachers and healthcare, they have to get to work. And so that's where the all wheel drive comes in to say, you know, it doesn't matter what's going on. I mean, yes, of course you have, you know, snow days and such, but, you know, these are people that, that, say, you know, people, other people are relying on me and, you know, and to get there. And there's also that little, you know, when you think about those vehicles you've described, there's a, there's a little bit of a nonconformist there, you know, a little bit of their version of a rebellion. Right. Let's Uh, be rebellious like everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I think you're right. You're right. There's, there's a, you know, that, that kind of thing is like, it's, it's sort of, you know, what, what had people in sobs too, you know, like, I'm, yes, I'm, exactly. I'm a little quirky. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I mean, I would say that, that, you know, the demise of sob has certainly added to the Subaru's appeal as well, you know? And then the other thing too, that I thought was interesting was uh, they're 52% male, 48 Assuming forty-eight percent female, if you if you go binary, but um, yeah, I I thought that again was very interesting as well. That's almost backwards from what I would have assumed. Oh, I think you know. I don't know. I I I I thought it was it was kind of appropriate for thinking again about the people that buy them, the education and healthcare, and technology as well. But yeah, so that's Subaru. That's the Outback. All right. I think that's the podcast. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Seems like you two have prattled on long enough about these Subarus. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. Well, that's uh, that does then for uh, episode 119, and we'll catch everybody next time. Thanks for listening. See Thank ya. you. Thank you. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.